Welcome back to the Kickstocks Football Weekly Podcast. That's right, new season, same name, and boy, do we have one hell of an opening pod for you today. Bell back at Tottenham, COVID calamity for the fans, new kit reveals, and mamma mia, not so dolce vita for a certain Senor Suarez. All of that heading your way, and of course, sprinkled with a healthy topping of transfer news and views from across the continent. In the famous words of everybody's favourite transfer guru, Fabrizio Romano, here we go! And we're back. Vic, we're back with vengeance. Shout out to probably the best intro to a podcast I've ever heard. Did you like that one? James, you must be really excited for the new season. Right. What a introduction. I am I am pumped. I am so happy to be here. But, of course, Vic, it's an absolute honor to be alongside you once again. Back at it. It doesn't feel like we're gone for that long, to be honest. It's probably the shortest preseason we've ever had. Yeah. But here we are. Premier League's back, Serie A's back, La Liga's back, the world back. is back Eredivisie's in order. Eredivisie's back, of course. Eredivisie's back, <laughs> let's not forget Eredivisie. And with a new football season coming back, that means Kickstocks is also back. Exactly, exactly. Battles are ready to be played, players are ready to be traded, the exchange is filled, percentages are fluctuating. Um, <laughs> we have an exciting season ahead of us, James. We've uh, we've been kept um, quite busy as well with transfer news. I mean, this transfer window... It's fluctuated. It's gone in. It's gone in waves, hasn't it? I mean, it started off quite slow. It looked like nothing was really going to happen, and yeah. then boom! All of a sudden, the flurry of transfers, and then a little bit dead again, and then boom! This last week again has just been absolutely insane. It's been nuts. I think this this transfer window it's it's it has two phases. One phase is of really long taking transfer sagas, which you know start yep. and they go on for months without something actually happening, and then there's also these transfers which just happen overnight. Which you had no idea of. I mean, I'm going to jump right in there and uh, name the elephant, Gareth Bale. The elephant in the room. Gareth Bale. Um, coming, he's coming home. He's coming, he's coming home. home. Yeah, he's coming home. It looked like uh, it looked like he was going to have another miserable season at Madrid for a while, for a long time. And then uh, all of a sudden, this. It's funny how they actually f- found it out because the guy uh, who works at the golf club near London, in, near the London area, su- saw that <laughs> him, Daniel Levi, Levy, and I think Barnett, Jonathan Barnett, his yeah. agent, yeah. had a tea time uh, at that golf club, and I think that's where the rumor really of course, started. Of to, course, uh, they're at the golf club as well. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that that by all accounts is a Galactico signing for Tottenham, isn't it? Um, but do you think that signing alone propels them into? Uh, a title contending season or are we looking at top four still I still think top four yeah I still think top four yeah I think they're you think I think they're, the depth of their squad is not is not deep enough yet even though they you know they got them um, they actually they say they beat Manchester United out on two transfers right with Bale yeah. Manchester United reportedly were interested as well and um, Region. Region, mm. uh, the the fullback of course they would though I mean come on I mean any any Premier League team would take that opportunity to to say that they got one over one of their rivals, whether whether true, true. whether talks has actually progressed with Manchester United and Reguilón, I'd be very surprised because Ed Woodward, um, yeah, is about as slow as a snail in a blizzard. I mean, that guy, that guy, <laughs> are they particularly slow? Slow, particularly <laughs> slow, as slow as a slug in salt. Uh, he is. I, I I wouldn't say he's the most shrewd transfer negotiator um, because he doesn't negotiate transfers because uh, Manchester United at the moment just seem to be one of the more I'd say out of form teams in the transfer window although 
I have to say, uh, overjoyed by the signing of Donny van der Beek. I think that is a class signing. Yep. Uh, and every United fan should be very excited about that. Um, you as an Ajax fan, you've seen Donny grow to yep. be the man that he is today. Absolutely. Um, how do you rate that signing? And what role do you see him actually playing at Manchester United? It's kind of weird because you've got Bruno Fernandes and Paul Pogba in there. Donny plays a similar position to both of them, but he's very versatile. He can play as a six, as an eight, or as a ten. But I feel that he's actually wasted a bit as a six, even though with Pogba and Fernandes in that midfield, that's kind of where you'd assume he'd slot in. I think Donny's, Donny, Donny's strongest point is getting into the box, getting into scoring opportunities, right. assist, uh, assisting yeah. opportunities. And making space for his teammates with runs. Exactly, but he needs to be near that box. And that's where, that's where he was so pivotal for, for Ajax and, and his success at Ajax the past couple of seasons is him making those runs. That's really where his quality lies. He, he's not a spectacular player. He doesn't do all these tricks, all these fancy, you know, he'll never score a bicycle kick. But he makes these smart runs. You see he's at the right place at the right time. You see it in, uh, with his goal against Crystal Palace. Mm. Uh, it's kind of a lucky, lucky, lucky break for him. But, you know, he's still there. He made that run beforehand. And that's, that's and, what and you instinctive need. Instinctive finish. Instinctive exactly. Finish, you know? And is that the right balance for Manchester United's midfield? I'm not sure because you could also say, no, we also need someone who, you know, holds back a bit, makes, uh, decides the tempo of the game. Someone who's a more natural replacement for a Matic, for example. Yeah. yeah. And maybe Pogba can fulfill that role. I'm not sure if he wants to, but maybe he can yeah. do it. But I don't think that's Donny's strongest, uh, strongest point. No. Anyway, lots of talking points in the transfer window uh, and as it's a new season we're going for a slightly new format in Kickstocks uh, this year round um, it's wall to wall football we can't cover all the games as we tried so hard last season so uh, this time we're going to have a selection of games of the week every week we're going to handpick two or three games that we thought were probably the best games across the continent uh, we're going to just do a little bit of a deep dive and analyse them and um, have a bit of a recap so yep. Without further ado, should we dive headfirst into the games of the week? Yes. Let's do it. So, where better to start than the Premier League, of course. And, uh, well, the big game, the headline game of the weekend. Liverpool-Chelsea. Chelsea-Liverpool. Chelsea at home. Losing 2-0 to Liverpool. It, was, it wasn't the most spectacular game, to be honest, no. um, but you would think it would be quite pivotal come the end of the season. Chelsea looked a bit off the mark, they looked a bit off the pace, Kai Havertz um, you know, wasn't looking like the superstar signing uh, that we all anticipated, but maybe uh, taking a bit of time just to adapt. Overall, Vic, what were your impressions of the game? Any players that stood out? Oh yes, 100%. I mean, obviously Chelsea are one of the most... Um, eye-catching teams to watch, you know, on paper, seeing the transfer window they've had. Well, Frank Frank Lampard's gone full FIFA Ultimate Team this year. Exactly. It? So, uh, I mean, we discussed it. He sat in, back and in, in the podcast before opening he, packs, left, right, and exactly. Center. Yeah. So, but I mean, there's still one position which he needs to to get another player for, and that's obviously the goalkeeper position because Kepa, 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 Kepa. How long is Lamps going to keep faith in him? And actually, today he announced himself, Lamps, that uh, Edward Mendy from uh, from France, um, I think from Rennes, yeah. uh, was going going uh, uh, under, under medical. Signed, still delivered. Is he signed, still delivered? Uh, pretty much. He was doing his medical from last I heard, but uh, you're better than ma- you're a better man than I am. Knowing that he signed, he'll deliver. <laughs> I mean, I would. I'm assuming. He anyways, the, you know, all of the all of the talk. Caballero is going to start in the in the in the League Cup game mm. next uh, this week. Mm. It's it has to be end of end of story for Kepa, right? Yeah, I think so, and and probably a good reason. 
I mean, I read a crazy stat the other day that he still officially has the lowest all-time save ratio of any Premier League goalkeeper ever, which Spiel. is something like he's only saved 35% of shots that he's faced. Which is which is just horrendous. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's great. And if so, if you have if you if you're building such a beautiful team, which Chelsea are doing and have been doing, then you need to have. Uh, it's so important to have a to have a good goalkeeper. And it's funny because if you look at all the great teams in the past, every great team they have had a great goalkeeper. Always, always. always. It's the foundation. I, I would yeah. even argue a great defense. You know, the, uh, the, the 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 bedrock of a great team is always based around the defensive line, in my yeah. opinion. You know, a, a world-class goalkeeper and a world-class yeah. back line, because then that gives the confidence to the strikers and the midfielders in front of them to just to do what go ahead want. and do what they want. Exactly. So uh, I'm sorry, Kepa, but you might be the most expensive goalkeeper in the world. But uh, it's it's most uh, expensive mistake ever. Oh yes, there. I think this is going to be the biggest loss a club has made on a player in a long time because yeah. he has not done himself any favors. Well, it could not have happened to a better club. No, um, and and you know Liverpool, they they kept on going where they where they left off last season. Such a solid team still. Mm. And can we talk about their signing Thiago Alcantara, who in um, in 45 minutes had more more touches. Was it? No, oh, he he. In his first forty-five minutes in Premier League history, he recorded the most amount of passes of any player in forty-five minutes, which is which no, is. No, but f- he had more in forty-five minutes than other players ha- than like all of Chelsea had in like ninety minutes or something. Yeah, in the seventy-five successful passes, more than any Chelsea player in a complete game. Yeah. So and exactly more than anyone in forty-five minutes. Yeah. So what a signing! I mean, so what a debut! What a debut! And he's just, oh, I love him. Yeah, uh, yeah. Be- I mean, beautiful player, silky player. He'd only trained, I think, once with the team before going into that game. Obviously, fresh from that that Champions League final, uh, world class, world world class. I mean, what an addition to Liverpool's team as well. So, uh, do you think Liverpool are still favourites to win the Premier League this season? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I so mean, it's Liverpool's to lose. They've kept their team intact. There's no reason to change. They've only you know strengthened with uh, with with Thiago, and I'm sure they're going to get some other other players as well. Um, I think it's Liverpool's team to lose. They they they're just going on where they left off, and um, um, I'm excited to see where they uh, how, how how high they can fly. Yeah. Well, it was a less than exciting game, but um, yeah. across the league, probably another notable mention. Uh, we have to say, and this is for fantasy Premier League fans the world over. If you had Hyun Ming Song or Harry Kane in your team this weekend, you are one happy individual. What a duo! What, what a, duo. a duo! Hyun Ming Song four goals, yep. Harry Kane four assists and a goal. Um, what a day for the duo! Absolutely yep. incredible, and I'm sure that it's done absolute wonders for their kickstocks value as well. Absolutely, Hungman Son went up forty-two and a half percent. Harry Kane went up thirty percent. These these two players alone could have made you made you win any battle because uh, what a stellar performance by both of them. And uh, I mean, you, it just shows that if, if if Spurs are on fire and these two are on fire, then they can beat anyone. Their problem is is that if one of them is not in in form or if they're injured and they lose him, because who, who are you mm. going to replace him with? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, I mean now. Uh, Good old Gareth. Good old uh, Gareth is back in action. Is has given Mourinho a bit more depth, but before that, it was it was just tough. You saw it last season when Harry Kane was injured; there was no one there to replace him when Son was gone as well. Mm. Uh, so on on Spurs, have you watched the new Spurs documentary? I have. I, well, I've seen clips. I've seen clips. You've not actually watched it yet. I've not watched, but oh, I've seen a lot of it. clips. Get on it. Get on it. It it's, is amazing. It's brilliant. It is brilliant. It, it's it's so eye opening in terms of the perspective it gives you into the day-to-day life of and an actual football it's, it's club. It's so open. Yeah. 
It's 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 worryingly open sometimes yeah. to certain extents, you know. I mean, from everything from the conversation that Mourinho has in his office with Danny Rose, yeah. he tells him that he's not in his plans essentially, to you know telling Deli Ali that he's got to wake up and achieve his talent, yeah, and also just you know Mourinho in the changing rooms. Uh, uh-huh. It has just a human aspect to him, and and. At the start, I, th- I started quite liking Mourinho. You know, I was like, oh, you know what? There's a different side of the coach you never get to see, really. But towards the end, I don't know. Uh, I feel like there were certain things that kind of um, reaffirmed my feeling as to why I wouldn't want to play for Jose Mourinho uh, as a player. And what, what were some of those things? Well, I just... Yeah, there's a fine balance between what you include and what you don't include in a, in a documentary like this. And, and maybe this is down to the documentary makers deciding to leave some bits out but I never really saw Mourinho get too tactical analytical in in the way he would speak to the players it would always just be about uh, fight fight and keep the spirit and don't be negative and it's very repetitive same old same old blah yeah no I've seen uh, seen a lot of clips I think it's 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 open which I think is is also eye opening for uh, Mm. for the viewer I mean there's one which is crazy and this is what took me back is um there was talk of Danny Rose going to Bournemouth and Newcastle, all right? Yeah. And uh, he's talking to Daniel Levy about it. Uh, Daniel Levy, sorry. And uh, he basically, Daniel Levy is sitting in the canteen where all the players come for lunch. And Danny Rose comes up to him in the middle of the canteen and just asks him, how's it going, boss? Um, any news from Newcastle yet? And he's going, oh, yeah, well, you know, Newcastle are definitely interested, but they've yet to put in a bid. And as they're talking about this, other players are coming up saying, yo, morning, guys, shaking Daniel Levy's hand, shaking Danny Rose's hand. And then they just keep talking about it so openly, so blatantly in the cafeteria. Yeah. And I would have never thought that this is a conversation you'd have between a player and a chairman yeah. in the middle of the canteen whilst other players are having food. But it's crazy. Apparently, apparently. it is. Yeah. No, so definitely, uh, definitely want to watch for everyone out there. Yeah. And uh, and you know, uh, back to Spurs game. Sorry, uh, I got distracted there. <laughs> yeah, a little, little sidetrack. But um, no, I think um, if they can if they can continue form. And if they're if they're if they're if their attackers are uh, as solid as they can be, then they can they can go a long way. It's just it's just hopefully nothing happens to their squad because they don't have enough depth. Also nice that Danny Ings uh, went back on scoring because with a great goal, with a great goal, great touch. Um, and I really really hope he has another world class season because I really sympathize with the guy. Mm. He's just a really sympathetic player, and uh, sure. he scores, he bangs in goals. Great journey, great story. Went up eight percent on Kickstocks as well, so. Uh, one to watch for for your portfolio. Happy days for Danny Ings. Yes. Right, going to sunnier shores. Syria next. Yes. So Syria, a couple games uh, we could look at. Vic, all the usual suspects basically won. Um, I would say standout game for me. I don't know about you, but I would say maybe Milan two 0 against Bologna, purely for one simple fact. Mr. Zlatan Ibrahimovic at the ripe old age of what is he now? 38? 39 almost. 39 almost. Banging. He's turning turning 39 in two weeks. Banging in two goals still. Leading the front line for Milan. Still producing at the highest level. Uh, What a legend. Gotta love the guy. Um, What a player. Yeah. Yeah, he said it himself. He's the reverse Benjamin Button. (laughs) Uh, So uh, when it comes to scoring goals. Did he actually say that? He said that, yeah. (laughs) Of course he did. Um, I mean. Who would have thought this guy still looks so strong, so fit? Uh, his first goal, the header, he jumps, he towers over everyone oh. like he used to do in his twenties, like, like a gazelle like in not, the African savanna. In the savanna, just just, just like a salmon out of water. <laughs> I love these nature references. <laughs> um, I watched some David Attenborough yesterday. Yeah, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling inspired. 
Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Salmon out of water. Speaking of animals, the lion. Um, <laughs> Good. No, I mean, epic, yeah. And I, I really hope he does well. Um, I mean, there's, you know, people love him, they hate him, or they love him or they hate him. But mm. Uh, mm. I think you got to love someone who, who still performs, uh, performs at 39 years old and with the confidence he has. So, yeah. Uh, went up 8% on kick socks. You know, he, not only did he have two goals, but he was also really involved with the play. He had. His passing accuracy was above seventy percent. Uh, he had a, he had more than fifty or sixty touches, uh, which means you know he, you saw him during the game. You saw him come back from the striker position as well to really give those one twos, one twos all the time. So he's not a lazy striker, even at his age. You know he's still working hard for it, and that's something I can really appreciate. Yeah, and that's what you need up front as well. That's what you look for. And in I'm, a, in I'm a excited striker. to see Milan 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 uh, flourish on. this uh, this, yeah. this season. I really hope they do because they've uh, they've uh, been playing at way too low. Uh, for the size of the club that they are. Well, one man who I'm sure on almost every occasion would love to see Milan flourish, apart from this season, is going to be Andrea Pirlo, obviously an old Milan legend, but now at the helm at Juventus. This is going to be a really interesting season to see how this plays out, to see how Andrea Pirlo actually uh, takes on the role as Juve head coach and uh, tries to retain the title for a ninth time in a row, I believe. Juve, comfortable 3-0 win against Sampdoria. How do you think they're going to fare this season under Pirlo? Uh, and uh, yeah, well, I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, Ronaldo's back with a goal again. No again, yeah, what a goal as well, and an assist. No, I think uh, I mean definitely they're gonna, they're the main title contenders. They will they will definitely be that uh, with the squad that they that they have. I think. I mean, the signing of they, they signed Alvaro Morata today. Uh, is that done deal? That's nearly a done deal. Nearly done deal. Nearly a done deal. And uh, after after t- they were they were first going for Edin Zeko. Afterwards, they were, they wanted to get Luis Suarez. Both of them didn't uh, didn't uh, make the cut. And then mm. they went with Alvaro Morata. For me, that's definitely the the lower level of the three, if I have to say, because uh, I yeah. think Suarez is, is top class still. For sure, Zeko is just a proven goal scorer. Even though he's thirty four years old, but. I feel like in Italy, age just doesn't matter more than any other league. Ronaldo banging in a goal, a good goal as well, working hard, still driven like like never before. Um, no, still definitely title contenders, yeah, for sure. Did you hear the news about Luis Suarez? About what's going down? About him not being totally honest with his Italian exam. Well, uh, apparently the Italian Financial Police and the uh, Perugia, Perugia Public Prosecutor's Office, they've opened an investigation into allegations of irregularities regarding Luis Suarez's Italian citizenship exam last week. Uh, Suarez flew into Perugia to take the test amid reports he was set to join Juventus from Barcelona after having reportedly terminated his contract in order to facilitate a move. And it's alleged that Suarez was completely aware of the contents of the exam before taking it and that his score was pre-assigned before he even showed up. Um, (laughs) I mean, I think it's doing a discredit to Suarez. He comes across to me as a very smart individual, very intelligent, you know, I think. Can you sense sarcasm in my voice? No, I I think, uh, look, I would be... Obviously, it's a dumb move, but I'd be very surprised if he's the first or the last player to have joined the Italian club and faked his Italian citizenship test, no? Or is that just me being it's, it's cynical? Definitely, no, it's definitely it definitely happened before because the financial advantages that these clubs get for getting those players. Exactly. In fact, Come they on. can get him because I think the rule is you're only allowed two players outside of the EU. Or you can you can no you can buy two players outside the EU every transfer window. Okay, I think that's the rule. And okay. Juve they got the Weston McKenney and mm. they got. Help me out here. Who the hell else did they get? 
I find it hard to keep track of Juve sometimes these days because I mean, they're so productive uh, in the transfer window anyways they got someone else as well um, so they couldn't get Suarez so that's why uh, okay um, no but he's definitely not the first one but yeah then again you know Suarez is rumored to go to uh, and we're, you know we're mixing here transfer transfer talk with uh, with games but yeah, he's he's, he's, uh, Suarez, he's uh, a man on our lips right now so. exactly Suarez going to uh, Atletico mm-hmm. I think but this is where Alvaro Morata kind of comes in isn't yeah, it yeah for sure there's this whole spiel yeah. of, uh, of of strikers moving around mm. and uh, how weird would it be to see Suarez in a Leti shirt though I actually would really like it would I you think, I think it suit there you know his He's not the he's not the most polished player, you know what I mean? He's not the He's very rough around the edges, but in in a beautiful way. In a beautiful way. It yeah. always works out for him. Yeah. This you know, this clumsy kind of thing, but he always ends up with the ball and he has a great knack for the goal. Mm. And I think that's exactly what Simeone wants, that fighting spirit, that so never what, giving up spirit. So what happens okay, going off on another tangent again, but maybe similar vein because another Uruguayan. What happens to Cavani? Because I thought the whole plan was Cavani would go to Atleti from PSG and So I read today also that Real Madrid might want to get Cavani as really? backup for Benzema. Yeah, okay. And uh, uh, or even, uh, or that of course that he could go back to, or not back to, but that he could go to Benfica. Ah. Benfica are also in the market for in the market for him. That'd be great. That'd be that'd be a really good signing. Actually. But uh, no, so I'm not sure. I think Cavani. I think it's a miracle that this guy still doesn't have a club. Yeah. It might be his his his, his salary uh, demands because he you know he's used to such a big salary at PSG. Mm. Yeah. But uh, it's it's crazy. But we'll see. Cool. Well, that's Serie A done for the week. Um, moving on to. La Liga? Let's go La Liga. La Liga. I mean, first we got to say, Granada is loving it right now, seeing as that they're top of the table. Top of the table. They're Granada the fans, table. read it and... They're loving it like love right it. now. Yeah, absolutely. With Betis, the only club to have um, six points out of two games. I think man of the or man of the uh, game week was uh, was Iago Aspas from Celta de Vigo scored two goals Has one be. beautiful free kick. Yeah, you know he's 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 been so consistent at Celta de Vigo for the past couple of years and yeah. in the in La Liga that uh, you know after he came from Liverpool as a, you know he failed at Liverpool went back to Spain and just performed and uh, I mean I, I I didn't like him at first now I really do like him because he's a loyal guy. Works hard for his club, scores goals, mm. and uh, you know he went up nineteen point nine percent. I mean, and who can blame him? No, fantastic week, and he, he's for me. He's obviously a player that's born and destined to play for Celta Vigo in La Liga. Yeah. A bit like a remember Roberto Soldado came from Valencia, of course, absolutely tore it up in Valencia, and then went to Tottenham, didn't quite make it there. They went to Villarreal, then went to Villarreal. You're right, didn't quite make it there. He wasn't as good as he was at Valencia. Now he's sort of in Turkey playing, playing his trade. Huh? Um, but what's the link with Iago Aspas? No, I don't know. It just, it just reminded me of a, a Spanish player who was at the top of his form in La Liga, came to Premier League, failed, and then came back. But you're right, the difference is Iago Aspas came back and absolutely tore it up again, yeah. whereas Soldado is just an absolute nobody now. <laughs> I don't know, I quite like Roberto Soldado. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, do. moving on, moving on. Yeah, and uh, uh, that's one hell of a tangent. Um, I mean, obviously, um, just to finish off, I mean, Atletico Madrid and Barcelona, they haven't played a single game yet. So mm. the first place of Granada doesn't say much, but then again, it says it all. Uh, Granada fans are screenshotting the La Liga table right now um, and using that as their wallpaper because it's probably the only time they'll see themselves on top. <laughs> Savage. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a, that's a short one this week. That covers our La Liga uh, match roundups for the week. So <laughs> just, just one match. <laughs> just one match. That's about as exciting as it gets, folks. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, quick, Eredivisie 1, maybe? Yeah, go on. Go on, why not? Why I mean, not? Eredivisie, yeah, kicked off last weekend. Actually, two weekends ago. Um, PSV got lucky. Mm. PSV uh, uh, scored in the last minute against Emma. Uh, not the best game. Ajax, they're looking to be the title favorites once again. You know, mm. their their dominant performance against RKC Valwijk. One player <laughs> who I want to... What do you mean, RKC Valwijk? It's always a tough opponent. <laughs> you're right, you're right. Uh, one player Especially I do want to highlight a lot is Mohamed Kudus, mm. who is a new player mm. they bought from... Uh, is a Ghana player from uh, FC Nordsjælland in Denmark. Yeah. They bought him for about 9 million. That's a right player. Really unknown. Unknown player in the in the Eredivisie at least, but a big talent, 21 years old, and he had a solid game on that midfield. This guy is really a beautiful player. Gazelle on the midfield, he uh, left footed, silky smooth. Eh? Yeah, silky smooth. He actually plays at 10, but at, at this game he played more as a controlling role. Again, quite versatile. Really versatile. So I'm excited for him, and I think he's definitely definitely a player to put in your portfolio if you want to make big gains this season. Just a quick one. Um, RZ looked like they were going to take you or Ajax all the way last season. Um, do you reckon they've missed their shot? Yeah, I think they have. I mean, it's 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 tough for them, and you see that their their players, Stengs, Boadu, Cope Manners, you know, they're really good players, but they need to make that next move up to a top club in order to develop more. So they can stay at AZ and they can have a really good season. I don't know if they have that magic from last season again. Still needs to be seen. They tied their their last game, so. Um, it's going to be tough. I think I think the title race is going to be between PSV and Ajax. James, you know who I saw last weekend? Ah, would that be uh, a good old friend of ours? It would be. It would be. Would it be a good old friend of ours who supports a certain football club in Bundesliga? <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Warmer, a certain, warmer. A certain friend of ours who supports a team in Bundesliga who got absolutely spanked and walloped 8-0 over the weekend. Drum roll, please. Hennis! Hennis, where are you? You're still hiding, mate. You're still hiding. Unfortunately, yeah, Bayern, I mean, they just went on a rampage once again. Absolutely tore them a new one. A new one, a brand new one. And that's hard because they've had a lot torn over the years. But they told them a brand new one. Yes. Um, don't know where I'm going with that. But no, me neither. So, uh, <laughs> but I mean, I, you you think that at like four or five nil, most teams would like take it easy first first game or no, second game of not the, this of Bayern the team. But this, this Bayern, Bayern is just going, going, going. Relentless. Incredible. And they, you know, with Leroy Sané there, with uh, Serge Gnabry, of course, mm. uh, Lewandowski, Müller is still, you know, still on on form, uh, on points. But uh, I mean, relentless. Is yeah. there any way that this team will not win the championship again? In not my, Champions League, but the league. In, in my opinion, no. They're just too good. They are far too good. Uh, and I, I want to see uh, Bayern versus Liverpool in Champions League this season. I want to see it. I want to see that. Uh, for me, for me, that would be the ultimate matchup in Europe this year. Uh, the two most complete teams in the world, in my opinion. Uh, and that would be one hell of a fixture. But no, this Bayern, this Bayern team is just too good. They've got all the bases covered. Not even just in the starting eleven on the bench as well. To a T, they are all just such good finishers, clinical. It's I, I actually struggle to think of a more complete team I've seen in the last maybe ten years. Yeah, I think I think it, the proof is in the pudding in the fact that one of their best players left, Thiago Alcantara. We've we've talked about him so much, how much we love him. Mm. He didn't even notice he was gone. 
Mm. That just shows how good the Bayern team is. But then again, James, let's be honest, it wasn't against Schalke. Okay? Uh, let's be honest, I was going right. to say, on, on the flip side, are Schalke getting relegated this season? 100%. I mean, if I was a betting man, I, I would, guys, I would put my money on that. Yeah? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not right often in this world, but one thing I would bet my money on is Schalke go down this season. Hennis, if you want to defend that position, you're welcome. You're welcome to come on and defend it. Right, that's my, that's my call out to you. So just a quick roundup before we move on. Uh, very quickly, Vic, players of the week. Across the continent, hit me. Hungminson, Harry Kane, Allison, who had a great game as well. Cool. Uh, three saves, one penalty save, twenty-eight percent increase. That's unusual for a keeper, isn't it? Yes. So uh, really good game he had. Ibrahimovic. Besides his age, just his stats in the game: two goals, solid. Aspas, great game. And uh, from the Bundesliga, uh, Leroy Sané had a great first game. Went up eleven percent. Was involved in the attacks. Made. Plenty of runs down that uh, down that uh, wing side. I mean, who would have? No one really doubted his his form, but uh, definitely one to watch. Uh, worst player, the Schalke players, all of them, <laughs> every single. <laughs> oh, all right, Vic. Very quickly, just round up. If you had one player that you're going to put in your Kickstarter portfolio this week, who would it be? Vic's tips. Here we go. I'm going to say Gareth Bale. The Gareth. The Gareth. And the Bale. I'm, this might also be because I'm hoping uh, on a fairy tale story, fairy tale return of the Bailinator. The Bailinator. Uh, um, no, I think I think he's going <laughs> to come back. People kind of forgot how good this guy actually is. I think, I think he still has the skills and I think he's going to make a difference for this Tottenham team. So definitely putting him in my portfolio. Love that. You heard it here first. Vic's tips. Gareth Bale, get him in your portfolio. Right, quickly on this podcast, we are going to give a shout out as well to some of the battles going on on the Kickstarts platform. So, Vic, without further ado, the stage is yours. Yes, thank you, James. Um, absolutely, we have, uh, of course, you know, the beginning of the season always calls for an all-competition uh, battle. So, everyone from every any league, see how much you know, see how much games you watch uh, from all competitions. So, um, that's a general battle. Definitely some in-game currency to be won there, seeing as the entry fee is one thousand Kickstarts coins. Um, furthermore there's gonna be some interesting battles coming up I would urge you guys to follow our Kickstalks social media Facebook Twitter or Instagram because we are gonna give away some nice prizes thinking of football shirts thinking of match tickets which are extremely hard to get nowadays in Corona times um, and other uh, merchandise um, which you are definitely going to want to have. So stay tuned. Looking forward to it. Good stuff. Right. Well, that's pretty much all we've got uh, on the schedule for this week. I thought one thing that maybe we'd end on, uh, cheeky, cheeky little, uh, I guess, segment, is what are, in your opinion, the worst and best kits of the Premier League this year? I mean, it's such a football fan's highlight every year. I don't know about you. I'm always trying to stay on top of the leaked kits, you know, the latest news, the latest buzz, who's releasing them first, who's got the nicest. Uh, so... I thought it'd be nice to go through your top three and your worst three, maybe, of the Prem. Well, I want to start with the worst three, actually. I've got a worst three. And I'm going to start with uh, my own <laughs> Manchester City's away shirt. I didn't want to say it, but I'll let you say um, it. What a hideous shirt, in my opinion. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, I have read that some people liked it, but oh god, I think the majority. What is that your second kit? Is that your away kit? Is it your third? Unfortunately, kit? I it's your away kit. Away kit yeah. Bloody hell! I mean, to they me, played against it yesterday against Wolves. 
To me, it looks it like a Versace tablecloth. You know, those all those crazy patterns that Versace always has, right? Just just put that in a tablecloth form. That's what it looks like. It looks like the coronavirus is on It the, really does. I was going to say, they took coronavirus-inspired shirts or seasons to a whole no. new level. It looks like microbes, doesn't it? I'm seeing also here that they have a black shirt. So I'm not sure if it's the third kit or the first. It's the second kit, the second I think. Kit, the, black, so. the, black, the third kit looks really nice. The third kit's really nice. Speaking yeah. of third kit, third kits, the Manchester United third kit is the second most hideous. Yep. Yeah, I've got Jersey. that on my list as well. In I mean, the, the zebra league. stripe. It uh, is horrendous. For me, that kit reflects Manchester United's transfer window this season. Wonky and all over the place. <laughs> it's like a Safari and MC Escher collaboration gone all wrong. It's just it's just all over the place. No one wants to see that collab. It's horrendous. It's Terrible horrendous. Uh, and the, probably the third on my list for me, and it's appropriate that it's number three because it's just a Chelsea. Yeah, home yeah, kit. It's just a, right, right. I mean, look, I James, think, finally we're in sync. Finally, on we're agreeing on something. Incredible. About bloody time. Yeah. Look, I think it's noble of them and pretty brave that they put um, the number of Kepa's career clean sheets on the front of their shirt. <laughs> uh, rogue move, you know. I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> but uh, I mean, look, that's just you know Chelsea, a family club. You know, they they, they really try and get all their players involved. Yeah, I didn't even know that. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, okay. Um, uh, best kits. Yeah, go on. Go uh, for me. Uh, so my for me, uh, this is a controversial choice. Um, being United fan, if uh, you didn't know that by now, the Leeds home kit. I think the Leeds home kit looks nice. It's simple. It's sleek. And you know what? It's just good to see Leeds back in the Premier League again. So it's nice to have a Leeds home kit. Um, I quite like the Arsenal kit. I think the Arsenal kit's quite nice. Um, they don't change too much season on season the Arsenal kits the Arsenal home kit but I don't know I just think the design looks looks pretty slick okay and then my my third choice would probably be the Wolves second kit the Portugal kit no no, that the no kit? that's the third one okay. the Wolves second one it's, it's got like a weird kind of unusual cloud design on it um, oh, yeah. it looks a bit odd but it's I think it's quite sexy what about you what do you think I'm actually just reading now that the City shirt is actually the away kit uh, the third kit is it the third kit yeah okay Thank I was going to say it's, it's a bit too similar to their home kit really yeah in the sense so that it, look, it looks horrible kit. and it's a light colour <laughs> alright um, I actually one of the nicest shirts I think is of course Fulham Fulham white with black I think it's like you said with Leeds it's just a classic it's a classic classic yeah. uh, why deviate from the classics Exactly. So, uh, beautiful shirt with a great sponsor, Bet Victor. <laughs> so, uh, definitely one I'm going to purchase uh, during the, the course you. of the season. Have you seen actually another one to shout out? I think it's the West Brom third kit. It looks like Malta's national jersey. It's horrendous. It looks like West a bu- Brom, no. it looks like a bus seat. It's just like pure yellow and red, and just all. All messed up. Just it's just not good. Not great. It's really not. I great. also really like the Spurs away kit, the dark green. Yeah. Uh, just dark green, and it's you know no, nothing fancy, but it's 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 beautiful. It's really I, gorgeous. Yeah, it, it does. I'm generally not a fan of green kits though, because I feel like they blend into the pitch too much. And for me, I mean, what's the whole point of a kit? It's to make it marketable, right? And to stand out on the pitch. That's why that's why boots have gotten flashier and shinier over the years because you can see them better on camera. A green kit just. It, I don't know it just camouflages too much of the pitch it just looks weird that's wrong James because boots always used to be black and if there's any colour you can see well in green it's black well better than neon pink well the same <laughs> the same yeah yeah but but, but I see what you're saying though I no but all the, all the boots used to be black didn't they so you wouldn't necessarily yeah. be able to distinguish between an Adidas and a Nike but now and well, I mean I guess you could argue all the boots are neon pink now so exactly yeah 
No, but I think the I think the Wolves Portugal shirt is definitely uh, a testament to their squad and to where they're going. <laughs> FC Portugal. They want to make their players feel at home, of course. Uh, I reckon the players actually voted for that color. No, they actually they wanted as well, so that they could say like, yeah, you know, we're playing for Portugal even when we're playing in the Premier League. Um, but I mean, I think it goes a bit too far. I think Wolves need to back off a bit from yeah, Portugal. They're making it a bit too obvious now, aren't they? I mean, it's already obvious, but it's just just yeah. come on. I mean, yeah. They got to take themselves seriously as a yeah, club as no, well. I think for sure. Uh, one last jersey which I really like, and then uh, I mean, as you see a lot of these black third or away jerseys, just black with with gold uh, stripes. So yeah, I mean, United has one, City has one. Yeah. Uh, keep it simple, keep it clean, exactly. Keep it black. Right, so Vic, I mean, that's pretty much it. Kit's done, uh, match is done. I almost don't want it to end because I'm no. just so happy to be back in the studio recording. <laughs> and we're also going to be filming more. Eh? This uh, We're going to yep. be uh, doing more video recordings. Yep. So, uh, look, as always, we want to make this show as interactive as possible. Um, hit us up. What were your favourite kits? What were your least favourite kits of the Premier League? Any kits abroad that you think deserve a notable mention? I mean, any kits maybe from a very obscure abstract league or country that you think actually deserve a notable mention on the pod? Send them in. We'll give them a shout-out and we'll give you a shout-out, of course. Um, and as always... We're always looking at ways of improving the podcast, making it more interactive and making it more about you guys, the fans. So we've got a couple of ideas floating around. We might start recording some episodes. We might be doing some live. Um, We're definitely going to do some live. Definitely going to do some live. We want to get some competitions coming up throughout the season as well. So stay tuned for that. We want to get some more guests on the show too. Um, some Maybe some footballing experts or people that really just have... Uh, a distinct yet respectable opinion of the game to come on and talk to us here in the studio too. Uh, as always, if you've got any other suggestions, still looking for a new name, by the way, um, send them in, let us know, and we'll always take them on board. And maybe we'll even invite you to the studio. That's all from us this week. Vic, have you got any parting words? Nah, I mean, stay tuned. I mean, this is going to be a hell of a season, also on podcast uh, terms. So uh, watch And this. we love you all. Thank you, all. You guys are such true listeners and... I mean, love to, you. to be fair, for the solid hardcore fan base that followed us last season, thank you all. It's been, uh, last season was so much fun. And we're looking forward to bringing you more podcasts throughout the season this year. So hopefully um, you guys look forward to that because we are super excited. And this is it. just the start. And this is just the start. Watch this space. Okay, I'm going to edit that out. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Watch this space. Watch this space. <laughs> all right, that's it. Peace. Catch you, catch you next week. Take it easy.